Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 136 in Edmonton. Got the Eskimos in Toronto taking on the Argonauts in CFL action tonight. Remember the Eskimos, uh, they pitched a shutout here on home field back in week seven, I believe, against the Argos. So Dave Campbell coming up in uh, around 10 minutes time and we'll get the game day preview from out east. But right now, I'm looking for your contributions. On the Heartland Ford text line at 630-630, Heartland Ford is not your small-town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. What is the greatest sports memory that you have from something that you've seen live? Jason from Sangudo says, 1997 WWF in Edmonton. Uh, crowd roars, scrambled to cover my little brother's eyes as there might have been a wardrobe malfunction. He's worried about focusing on his own. What a time to be alive, says Jason from Sangudo. Uh, lots of variety, and that's what I was hoping for when I posed the question to you, the good Ched listener. Best sporting event I've ever witnessed, says Dudley. Without a doubt, my son's first soccer game. Yeah, the professional games are nice, even great if you're in the right place at the right time. But nothing can compare to the excitement when your child radiates when they start competing with their first their mates on the team. For the first time, yeah. Uh, an experience I certainly hope to have someday, and I appreciate you sharing that, Dudley. No kidding. That doesn't have to be limited to to professional sports by any means. I mean, that's likely going to be the most electrifying atmosphere you've been involved in, uh, as was the case when George LaRock scored a hat trick, says a, a texture out of Oyen, Alberta. Did I pronounce that right? Oh, boy. Lord have mercy on my soul if I didn't. Trenton from Grand Prairie says, was that McDavid's first game and first goal against the Blue Jackets when he came back from his clavicle injury? Rexall Place absolutely exploded. Yeah, I watched that one on television at the time, still being in BC. For whatever reason, there was an Oilers game being broadcast in the Pacific region. And that was my... I've said my first introduction to the Oilers was really the 2016-17 playoffs. That was my first introduction to how crazy Edmonton is of a hockey city. But my very first memory when it came to this hockey team uh, that really stood out was watching that exact same thing, even from my couch. When McDavid returned, a couple other texts echoing that sentiment. Uh, the old lifeguard says Crosby's 2010 overtime Olympic goal in Vancouver, plus all four Oilers Stanley Cups. Well, you, my friend, have had a plethora of excellent sports experiences. Not only did Canada host the Olympics that year, which was amazing in and of itself, but men's hockey with one of the most historic wins 
Sidney Crosby puts it in. Absolutely. That was, whether you were in the building for that or not, that's a where were you when kind of moment. Most electrifying sports moment I've seen, says a texture in Edmonton. 100% the overtime goal by Crosby on the Oilers last year in Edmonton. So my question to you then, texter, is are you a Penguins fan? Because that's going to draw the ire of the text line here. However, that was incredible. I was I was underneath. I was getting ready to do the post-game stuff as part of my side duties here, if you will, at 6.30, Chad. And we were all huddled around a screen watching uh, what was going on on the ice. And, yeah, he walked Ryan Strom, which some people believe might be the reason or part of the reason that Strom's not here. I'm not of that belief, but I've heard that. I've heard that here. Uh, years ago, a bullfight in Mexico. It was amazing to see the crowd go nuts when the bull was ultimately taken down, says Roland. Boy, I should have censored that. <laughs> uh, rugby match, France versus South Africa in Cape Town in a country with a dark history of apartheid. It was very neat to see everyone come together in a moment of sport. Absolutely. That's from Keith and Bonneville. And I bet you, Keith, that anybody that was there experiencing the 2010 World Cup would probably have had a similar experience in that regard. I think that's uh, it's an interesting country, somewhere I'd certainly like to travel. The Mermeister says, my top 10 moments... When my son was playing high school football offensive line, he was being held all first half. His opponent had about 100 pounds on him. He was fed up on the third play of the opening drive of the second half. The right play was called. He bull rushed his opponent, popped him off his feet, and planted him on his back. Not only a game changer, my son learned a lot about himself and circumstances in that moment. What a great memory. Glad I was there. Again from the Mermeister. Best live memory, says another texter, was Terrell Owens stomping the star at Texas Stadium. You were there for that? That is absolutely outstanding. One of the more iconic sports moments, I think, for those who are NFL fans. Now, T.O. was with the 49ers when that happened, right? That was a little before my time. Um, and then ultimately ends up playing in Dallas. as a weird turn of events. <laughs> Chucker Dave says, for me, it was playing the Oilers alumni team, sitting on the bench with Ryan Smith on Ty Gretz and Ty Gretzky on the other side. I still can't believe I was welcomed on the team for a game. Pretty neat experience there, Chucker Dave. Fortunate enough to see Jerome Aginlow, Wayne Gretzky, and Brett Hall at the Northern Bear in early 2000s. Uh, sponsored tournament. Brett could crush the ball. Brett was crushing some adult beverages during this playoff run, I think, and that was wildly entertaining to watch. So that was from Lemmy in Edmonton here. Such a wide variety. P Pele playing with the New York Cosmos in Vancouver versus the Whitecaps back in 1977 at Empire Stadium. Wow. You must be a West Coaster then. That's that's pretty unique. Is anybody that saw the 20, what, 2015 when the Women's World Cup was here in Edmonton, could that have been one of your live moments Ken says he was in Scottsdale in 2013 when Phil Mickelson won a tournament. So that would have been what? The Waste Management Open? Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Had the pleasure of playing that, the TPC course, this summer. Very hot down in Arizona. But uh, yeah, stunning, stunning spectacle. So to see somebody professional do that live... Absolutely. The late, great Dale Earnhardt win his one and only Daytona 500. Sadly, the same track that took his life years later. Yeah, uh, Dale Earnhardt, you know, we know what Junior's done. Dale Earnhardt was the intimidator for a reason. 
Fun fact, my first car was a Monte Carlo, and believe me, I was proud to drive the same car that Taylor Earnhardt did before. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting stuff here. All right, we've got an Eskimos game tonight. It's a, it's a little bit early, by the way. The afternoon news getting cut short. It's a 4 o'clock beginning for the countdown to kick off. Live from Toronto, Morley Scott, Dave Campbell there guiding you through that one. Uh, the Eskimos have been alternating. Win, loss, win, loss, and a lot of those losses coming on the road. We'll check in with the color analyst of this team, Dave Campbell, get his thoughts on whether another shutout of this Toronto team is possible. Some injury news and notes out of the team. The Argos are only 1-6. Is this a sure thing for the Eskimos to come out victorious? We'll find out what Dave thinks. Uh, we'll press pause right now on Oilers Now, though. It is Brendan Escott on the home stretch with you here of Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. It is Brendan Escott with you, and I got to tell you, that Royal Pizza is celebrating 50 years in Edmonton and they're still making it great. On now through October, Royal Pizza is offering the Combo Special, which is your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for 50 bucks. Pick that up at any one of their 14 Edmonton locations. We know the Stauffer recommendations, Mediterranean chicken. I'm going to come up with a recommendation there from Royal Pizza. Uh, right now, we're going to start talking Eskimos, joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by the analyst, the color analyst of those broadcasts here on 630 Chat. It is Dave Campbell. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, Brendan. Thanks, uh, thanks for the call. Nice to be back on the show. Absolutely. Uh, I'll start by asking this. How's the weather out east? It's uh, hot. I wouldn't say it's particularly humid. It's not like it was in Montreal a month ago and we don't have to worry about the players playing in mid forty degree humidity, uh, so it's it's probably stretching near thirty with the humidity. Uh, there is a small chance of a thunderstorm before the game, but if there is one, I don't think it's going to last very long. It looks like it's going to be pretty clear skies after that, so it's a, it's a nice day. Unlike uh, what I'm hearing, like what it's like in Edmonton, the summer to forget in 2019 in Edmonton. It is cold, but we've been fortunate not to have a game canceled or called early due to lightning i know that happened in montreal last week right yeah that's right the uh, new cfl weather protocol which states if uh, the game is past the third quarter and you have a weather delay of an hour which i think is too short to be honest with you mm -hmm. then the game is uh, is called off and that's why the riders got the, got the win is because the uh, the new policy if you're past the midway point through the third quarter that's considered enough game time to declare uh to, de to declare a winner so and this all stems back to what happened you know over a year ago in winnipeg and morley and i remember it well the uh the longest continuous game in cfl history where there were two weather delays of an hour and a half so totaling three hours and uh this is the you know it, it does help with player safety because i don't think players should be asked after playing a certain amount of time in a game to come back the next day and play that's not good for mm -hmm. player safety right. uh not good for fans not good for anybody so but I would say at only an hour, you know, only waiting an hour after a, a delay, 
I understand it, but it, I think probably an hour is a bit too short. Well, hopefully we can avoid all that tonight. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's an early start time here, Ched time. You're on the air at 4. The game time is 5.30. And it is the battle of fourth place teams right now. The Eskimos are in a three-way tie with a 5-3 and three record, but by virtue of tiebreakers, they sit fourth in the West. The Argonaut, Argonauts, rather, 1-6, Dave, fourth in the East. And this is a team that the Eskimos shut out on home field. You can't expect that kind of performance but what are you looking at for the Eskimos here on the road which is a place that they've struggled a little bit so far this season yeah no question and I think West teams going out east it, it's I think it's I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a struggle just because uh, you have to get to, to uh, you have to get east so early I mean the the, the rule of the CFL is uh, you got to be out east by two o'clock uh, for media purposes, so that means uh, you know early get up in an early flight, and then you know the other way. I mean, East teams going west. I mean, you know, there's there's oftentimes they're playing at seven o'clock at night when it's you know in their body clock it's nine or ten o'clock depending where they're playing or or even uh, even earlier. So, but yeah, it's uh, it, it hasn't been a nice place for the Eskimos. The road, uh, they're one and three this year. They're three and ten when you go back to uh, last season. And I don't know what it is. It's uh, it's it's strange, you know. And 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 we're seeing kind of similar things with two different types of teams. You know, it happened last year with the team that was led by Mike Riley, and then we're seeing it again, the team led by Trevor Harris. But I'll tell you what, you know, take all that out, Brendan. Just let's just take all that out. I think it is time for the offense to step up. They have done some good things. They are leading the league in yards. They're leading the league in passing yards and they're in the middle of the pack and points scored and offensive points scored and I think it's really bothering head coach Jason Moss who was also the play caller on offense on game day so uh, the defense has carried their weight the special teams have been so so they're starting to trend upwards the kicking game's kind of going a a little bit down and that's tough for Sean White Uh, it was about 70 percent over the last uh, three four games and now he's doing all three kicking duties but it's time for the offense to step up and start punching the ball in the end zone and they've got the pieces in place, Dave, to do that. They do struggle in the red zone, but mm-hmm. they've been in all three of the games that they've lost this year. Is that fair to say? Uh, it's totally fair to say. Even the game in Montreal, where I thought that was one of their worst games of the season, probably the worst game of the season. Uh, the Eskimos, despite not playing well offensively, had a 33-yard touchdown taken away from Trevor Harris to, to, when Kenny Stafford was here, um, and that was taken away by penalty. So even in a game where they didn't play well offensively, they had a chance to win the football game. Uh, the game in Winnipeg, they dominated that game, I think, in all uh, three phases, especially in offense and defense, and yet they came away with no touchdowns in the defense. They had their, they had a rough night as far as keeping the ball in the end zone. They allowed four touchdowns in that game. And then the game in Calgary, slow start offensively in the first half, got going in the second half, too little, too late. They had special teams blunders. And uh, that's why they lost. So, yeah, they, they've had a chance to win all the games that they lost for sure. Toronto's coming off the bye week. Uh, any thoughts that they might be a, a very hungry, well-rested team, especially given that they were shut out by the Eskimos last time around? Yeah, I would think that game has got to be, you know, really in the front of their minds because it was a 26 nothing lead. And, and you know you know as well as I do that, what, midway through the third quarter, it was only a 13 nothing lead for the Eskimos. And the Argos were just terrible offensively that day. I mean, McCall Bethel-Thompson had his worst passing game of the season, 90 yards. Uh, he's had 300-yard passing games in four of his five starts. Didn't happen in Edmonton. He was pulled for Dakota Prukop. They kind of did the, you know, the, the musical quarterbacks in, in the second half. 
So it was not a good uh, good night offensively. Defensively, I thought they had a good day. Uh, but the Eskimos again, you know, they scored a couple touchdowns that game, but uh, they had, you know, they had a turnover in the in the red zone, and they had a penalty that took a touchdown away. So they they were a bit frustrating, and I think that that's just kind of a microcosm of the year offensively. They do so many good things, that they don't reward themselves in the red zone, and of course their short yardage unit has to be better. But the Argos feel they're you know they finally you know uncorked some things and some you know some. Uh, some good things after that win two weeks ago against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They had a bye week. It's always interesting to see how teams react off of the bye week. It's supposed to be a big crowd tonight, around you know twenty thousand, and your ticket gets in gets you into the Canadian National Exhibition. This mm-hmm. is the first game, so there's some positive vibes around the Argos for sure. All right, quickly here, Dave. In a minute or so, uh, Taekwon Glass, the halfback for this team, he draws back into the lineup on the offensive side of the ball. Tanner Green joins Calvin McCarty as the fullbacks on the six-game injured list. Uh, give me the ins and outs here for tonight's game. Yeah, it's, it's too bad they lose Tanner Green uh, on, on the fullback side of things. He's really stepped up in. in, in uh, kind of a backup or a second fullback role behind McCarty. The good news with McCarty, it sounds like he could be back sooner than later, so that's good news. But Peter Sender is going to be the starting fullback. We'll see James Tuck. But they do get some special teamers back tonight. They get, uh, as you mentioned, Taekwon Glass, and they get Christoph Malone with Chimanga. They also get Alex Taylor. So that's three players that are pretty positive uh, uh, contributors on special teams, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be big because I think that's an area that has really hurt the Eskimos with the injuries is, is the special teams. So. Um, you know, it never. You know, people kind of forget that phase too. You know, special teams is just as important as offense and defense. The Eskimos should be boosted tonight. All right, Dave, I appreciate the time. Have a good call tonight, my friend. Thanks, Brendan. Appreciate it. That is uh, Eskimos color analyst Dave Campbell from Toronto. Eskimos Argonauts tonight on 6.30. Chad, countdown to kickoff begins at 4. Game time, 5.30. Dave and Morley Scott will have the call. On this day in Oilers history... Back in 2017, coming off a 77-point regular season and a playoff run with 16 points in 13 games, Leon Dreisaitl signs an eight-year, $68 million contract extension with the Oilers. Since then, of course, he's produced a 70-point campaign and then last year's 50-goal, 55-assist gem. And you don't want him playing with Connor. We'll keep my personal agenda out of that. Uh, again, Eskimos tonight. It's an abbreviated ver- abbreviated version of the afternoon news. Uh, guest host Morgan Black, Brad Whisker, rocking it from 2 to 4. Eskimos take over after that. Monday, Fernando. No, no, no. That's Wednesday. Brent Sutter and Cam Moon coming in studio to talk Red Deer Rebels, WHL, etc., etc. Bob will be back. I will be back on the other side of the glass. It's been fun. Appreciate everything you've contributed to the show over the last couple of weeks. We did it. We got through the two. We did the dog days of summer together. Brendan Escott saying so long. We'll check in Monday. Up next to Global News Weather Traffic Update with Kerry McCarthy. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.